Hey friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host to the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance and from careers to community. Today, we have a Guinness World Record holder for spinning a plate on his finger for over two hours. Paul Victor, everyone. (laughs) Paul grew up in Utah, where he daily felt the culture clash of the American dream and a full Indian culture. His parents immigrated from India in the early 90s, where they had preserved their culture while adapting to the new norms of the country. Paul found powerful ways to connect with others through celebrating not only his culture, but the cultures of others as BYU student body president. His story is incredible, and you will gasp and cheer just as I do listening to him. And we want to make sure that we are supporting our interviewees like Paul on this podcast. So make sure to go up and hit follow and leave a rating to give Paul and our other interviewees the stars and recognition they deserve. Now buckle in and learn about Paul's adventure of embracing his culture and finding connection. Okay, we are thrilled to have you on the show here, Paul. And just a little side note for our listeners, this is a really fun interview for me because Paul and I actually went to high school together. And then to see him totally succeed and grow into his strengths has been just incredible. So I just love that I'm front seat to the journey of Paul. And a lot of people know him as BYU president or as breaking world records. (laughs) What record did you break, Paul? Yeah, so I guess, first of all, thank you for having me on your podcast. And uh, to answer your question, I broke in July of last year the longest time to spin a play on the finger, which was at 2 hours, 17 minutes, and I believe like 24 seconds. So I beat it only by 7 minutes from the pre-verse record. That is crazy. So you're in the Jesus World Book of Records now, right? Well, I, I wish that was the case. Uh, I submitted my application and all the witnesses statements and everything. And I found out some guy reached out to me on Instagram from Nepal. And he said, Hey, I think I beat your record by two hours. And then I looked at it. He did officially four hours, four minutes, four seconds. So now he is (laughs) the world record holder currently for this title. So in a year or so, I'll practice it. and I'm going to beat him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, he was the winner as of July. Now that's changed, but we're all supporting and encouraging you. But Paul, we just kind of want to jump into our conversation, just talking about uh, fear and how you've overcome fear, because I I love your story. Um, And just go ahead and start us off with that. And we'll, we'll go from there. Fear has definitely, for a large portion of my life, Uh, dictated my decisions and the way I interact with people. And I would say uh, part of the reason for that is uh, my childhood upbringing and just the differences in culture. So for the listeners who don't know, I'm, my parents are from India. My dad immigrated uh, back in like 82 from India to Salt Lake. And uh, after settling here after his mission, had an arranged marriage, married my mom, brought to the States. And so Basically, I grew up in Salt Lake in an Indian culture. My parents didn't know very much anything else, but I was living amongst all these Americans and I saw their culture and I wanted to be like them, but Indian culture was very different. So I had a clash for sure growing up and just, I've always cared what people think about me. I'm a people pleaser and I just didn't want to like, uh, you know, have a bad reputation or image on anyone else. So, I mean, that's kind of like, yeah, beginnings of it. 
Yeah, I want to dig into this clash because you have grown from feeling this clash to utilizing and helping people understand your culture. And I've seen this shift from high school to years later now where you, I feel like part of your culture, I love what you share with your culture and now we celebrate that. So I kind of want to dig into that clash moment for you and now to what it's become and how you've went from clash to celebration. So can you kind of talk us through that? Yeah, I guess clash would be, maybe one example is like Asian Indian culture is very highly centered on education, success, and making your parents proud. So I did the international baccalaureate program at Hillcrest where we did, we went to high school. I did the AP program and I was in after school programs and just everything because I think my parents wanted me to succeed in this you know, in this new country where they maybe not have, you know, attained in their back at India. And I think the changing factor was like my very first week of my like college, my freshman year, where I felt like I could like spread my wings and just be who I am. And like my personality could show. And I, I really didn't have to live in fear of what other people thought. And like, I could choose my own action. So that was like the starting point is my freshman year of college. How did you even come to that? Because that is such a beautiful place to be, to be like, you know what? It's kind of like full acceptance of self saying like, you know, I love who I am. I love my culture. And I also love this other culture that I'm integrating. I love that mix. Uh, But that's a hard place to get to. So what are some things Mm -hmm. that you did to feel like, okay, I love this and I can spread my wings now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I heard a quote like uh, fake it till you make it. Uh, which has now become to me fake it till you become it and like i heard like that and like i could start with a clean slate nobody knew who i was coming from high school to college and so i was just more open reaching out to everybody and i mean fast forward years later now that i'm in like you said earlier a position of you know in the public limelight of student body president i wanted to embrace this indian heritage that i have and during devotionals every tuesday uh, I like to wear my Indian kurta or sherwani. Uh, very, it definitely stands out. And like, I've had people come up to me and said, "Oh, I love uh, what you're wearing. This dress. What's it called?" And it sparks a conversation. And I've had other, you know, people of like minority groups say, "Oh, that's so inspiring. I kind of want to do the same thing." And I mean, at first, I was really worried about like, "Okay, I'm not wearing a suit and tie." And the rest of my presidency is, I don't know, embracing culture, standing out. Uh, I think. Uh, it has a lot of impact on just people around me. And I love what you said there is that you decided to embrace your culture. And when everyone was wearing suits and ties, you wore your traditional wear. And at first you said you were like kind of nervous about it. I think sometimes yeah. those first steps into embracing your culture, we view other people as like, wow, they're so confident they did that. But a lot of times, maybe it's uncomfortable to do that first step. Was it that way for you the first time? Uh, absolutely. And like, Oh, for sure. But I just knew like the benefits from the cons. And I think this was a moment in my life where I started to like, not care too much about what other people thought about me and just think what would be the right thing. And it was also a time where uh, I kind of start to know who I am. And when I find like an uncomfortable situation, or I see a challenge, I have this adrenaline or this drive to like, like face it head on rather than sweeping under the rug. And I've like done like trips to DC where I had no place to eat or sleep and just relying on the, you know, uh, hospitality of other people and just doing the things that really pressed me out of my comfort zone. 
That's so cool that, you know, you are an example of someone who really like pushes themselves out of their comfort zone, not only with your culture, but also you, you ran for the president of a university, a very large university. And how do you motivate yourself to get out of your comfort zone? Because I see it a lot. You are an example of that to all of us. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I guess uh, I I think really that if I'm truly going to answer this question, it just comes down to like um, spirituality and my faith. And before this, I did a year of college. I got a little bit involved in BYUSA, but halfway through, I just remember one day, oh, how cool would it be to run for student body president? And like, it was a thought every day that just like never left. I thought like, okay, if I, if I don't like run for student body president, I'm like going to have this regret uh, that I never did it later on in life. And, you know, I just want to get this thought out of my head. So I'm just going to run. And I came home. I did like a year and a half of being involved. And uh, I just ran for fun, honestly, just, uh, I heard this quote, like, if you chase success, you will never be able to attain it. But if you chase the process, success will chase you. And I took that mindset going into this election where there were some people I was running against who were way more popular than me, more accomplished, and more qualified in the position. And so I just brought a, f- a whole bunch of friends who I think could benefit from being on a campaign and reaching out and sharing our all stories. And it was a very unconventional uh, campaign uh, but you know at the end of the day being personable with people over the years uh, really made a difference Paul I want to dig into that success quote that you said because that is something I fully like I believe in so much a lot of people define success as achieving things and I have this idea that success isn't achieving something or getting a title because quite frankly titles and trophies collect dust on the shelf like they come and go right or even this this position of being BYU president is coming and then eventually it'll be time to pass it down right but who you become stays with you forever so I have this this idea with me that success is your becoming process. And I think you said that beautifully, the way you said, you said of your campaign, it wasn't necessarily about winning. It was about the process of doing it, you know? Yeah. Just honestly, you said it well said, like, and like, I think that's the mindset I've had throughout life. And I've changed my major five, six, seven times since being at college from accounting to medical field, engineering, I've, was in the stats uh, department and now I'm currently business strategy and now I'm looking towards politics, but like, you know what? At the end of the day, um, I was talking to somebody who's for the last 20 years, his life research and dissertation is how people find their calling in life. And he told me it's really about taking risks, not being comfortable and overcoming that fear. And if you do all these things later in life or whatever, all the things will just fit into place and you will find calling. I love this that all of your things like becoming BYU president, all of these things have started with an idea and you didn't let it stop at an idea. You're making these ideas happen even when they're scary. For example, changing majors. Sometimes that's so hard for us. You're like, wait, I'm already this far into the program. And I think that can also reflect in our careers. Like you can be down a career path and then it can be challenging to feel like, wait, I feel like I need a change, but you you said that just so beautifully about finding your calling in life. And and I like how you're talking about this, about finding your calling in life. It's not necessarily about knowing it right now. 
because you've had different thoughts pop up. It's about taking the risks for your dreams. And when you look back on your life, you're going to say, I did it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I just love how you're also saying, okay, I've had these thoughts. So what do you do once you have, for example, you had, okay, I'd be you president pop in my head, or when you had your first time saying, okay, I want to go to DC. What do you do once you have this dream in your head? It's a thought. And then what happens? I guess, yeah, I have a thought and maybe I get it a couple of times and I don't realize it's a prompting until like, I don't know, something clicks and then it's okay. Maybe I should really do this. Just to go a little context, uh, over Thanksgiving break, had a thought to go to DC. I bought a, a round trip ticket for 175 bucks, and I got there. Didn't have a place to sleep or stay or like eat, and I didn't know what I was doing. But I guess word got around. There's this lost Indian kid on an adventure, and so somebody, <laughs> somebody oh, like, somebody gave me the keys to their truck for three days. They filled it up with gas. <laughs> And then somebody also like recognized me in the magazine from when I broke my world record and went to like all and like I was able to like stay at their house and like this family, I stayed at a family's house and I raided their pantry to cook curry and I found these BYU interns who work on Capitol Hill. I cooked chicken tikka masala for them and this one guy, Peter, who was an intern for Senator Mike Lee's office, wanted to repay me. Uh, so the next day, the day before I went home, he gave me a tour of the Senate, the Congress, and like, um, I was able to like, basically through the back door, talk to the internship directors and apply for all these internships. And honestly, biggest fear, I remember one day I had this truck that wasn't even mine. I was in the middle of DC and I got out my phone. I was like, I'm filled with so much anxiety and depression because I don't know why I'm here. And yeah, I almost remember like verge breaking down halfway through. And I had, it's a lot of up and downs. And usually when we tell these stories, it's only about the positives, but nobody really knows the failures and like the negative things that go on because we really don't want to share those parts of our experiences, but that's, you know, the reality of that. So, so going back, somebody told me luck is when opportunity meets preparedness. And it stuck to me because it's not, I didn't really just go out to DC on a whim, like a week before I, like I was supposed to fly out, talk to all these people about, do you have places to stay in DC? Do you know anyone there I can connect with politicians? And so I was doing all the work beforehand, and then I went out there and, um, you know, I did the best I could, and I knew the Lord would provide, you know, help me with the rest. So just that faith really kept me going. My favorite thing each week is just to listen to the stories of these incredible people on the podcast. They give me confidence in all areas of my life. The Full Confidence Ahead sponsor, Utah Money Moms, has boosted my financial confidence. I remember the first time I heard about them on YouTube, I just found this video about tracking your expenses they had done, and it was so simple and confidence building that I went to their website and started downloading as much material as I could. Make sure you head over to utahmoneymoms.com after this episode to sign up for their free webinars on all financial topics from the basics of budgeting to estate planning. This story is so cool to me on a couple of levels. First off, that in the middle of you pursuing this dream and what you felt like was kind of your calling, you felt this kind of moment of failure. Um, mm. And I think that's beautiful to share because so many of us say like, hey, this is the success story, right? Or how we've defined this now is this is your becoming story. But we neglect all of the moments or what I call emotional blips or these moments of failure. And there's something that I always go back to is that failure is never final. 
just failure is never final unless you quit, right? And sometimes those failures are actually what help us succeed because they're the things that make us keep pushing forward and determine, hey, like I am actually going to achieve my dream. So I love what you said there. And then the other thing is this idea of luck. That was just novel what you said. Luck isn't necessarily just off a whim, but you're saying it's preparation plus opportunity. So sometimes that opportunity, you can seek it out. Sometimes it comes to you, but that preparation is 100% you doing it. And I I love that you took this groundwork beforehand. You're like, okay, have this opportunity to go. So you're meeting you're you're meeting your chance for luck. You've had this opportunity, but now you're putting in the footwork for it. You're reaching out to people. You're going through it. I I love that idea and that perspective of luck that you just gave us. That was really cool. Yeah, it was definitely that changes the way I'll make decisions from now on to the future. So yeah, definitely agree. It's so cool. And I also just want to kind of go on a little side note with what you said is you made, you're making your Indian food while you're there. You using this, your culture as a way to connect. So tell me other ways that you've used your culture as just a connection point with people. Oh, this is a great question. Like um, maybe start out with the food aspect um i learned it on my mission some elderly couple gave me the recipe to have to cook chicken tikka masala and one day i put on a facebook ad like hey i'm cooking free curry uh at the chapel and i had a whole of these less actives and inactives come and one of the people there um who hardly ever came to church uh i met with them after cooking curry and then anyways ended up baptizing their son after a couple months of working with them. So it just brought people together. And then I realized like sharing my gifts and abilities with other people, especially cooking uh, really brings a lot of people together. And usually my, my pitch is, Hey, I'll cook curry for you. If you guys get the ingredients, like that's the, literally the only cost and I'll cook for whoever you want. And I've done it for as many as 30 people. And I've, that's how I just, I've connected with pretty much everybody. And it's just a good memorable experience. So just sharing that culture as far as, cooking goes, not just my own culture, just learning people's culture and showing like, I have appreciation for this culture and I want to learn your language or culture, like, um, like your, I don't know, your background. And it just, I think when you want to like invest the time to learn somebody about somebody else, they feel that connectedness to you. So I love, you had a lot in there that I'm going to just unpack a little bit, especially about connecting with people. You had two points about connecting with people that I want to just draw in a little bit is you, you said that connection with people first off is you use your talents and your strengths, which is cooking. You use that to connect with people. And the other thing is you have also dug into other people's cultures just to understand a little bit to connect with people. So I think there's two points, two sides of the coin here. Because I see you as a person who you connect with people very well. And I think also watching you from high school to now, I feel like you've worked on that. That is something that's not just, it's just come out of nowhere. Like you have consciously worked on that. So I love how you brought that out of first off using your own talents to go and connect with people. And then the other side of the coin is learning about other people to connect with them. I think that's so beautiful. But what advice would you have to someone to to start to use their own talents for connection? Um, I guess the advice I would give them is, I guess 
the first comes down like the title of this podcast uh, is just overcoming that fear. I know not a lot of us are very open to sharing or being vulnerable and sharing those talents. So just pray for courage. It really comes down to courage and faith. And then also identifying what your talents are. I didn't know what my talents were, but just trying a lot of, of everything. And then I figured out, oh, I'm good at this. And this is like, I got some positive feedback. So exploring what your talents are, having the courage that to share that with somebody else. And then just knowing, I think the biggest thing for me is giving without expecting anything in return to receive. Um, and I think a large part of networking is not to obtain something from somebody else or like have an ulterior motive of why I'm connecting with somebody, but just like, I would love to connect you with other people or this is, I want to help you a very like outward focused. And I think that's a large part of like how to be a good networker and people see the genuinity of that. And yeah. So I think those are the advice I would give to people who are listening. I love your advice. And I want to dig into kind of an exploration of your talents, what they are and how you found them. So, but I see this as one of your talents. You guys, Paul plays the ukulele and he has incredible skills, but not only does he play the ukulele, he does it. I don't, it's not a skateboard. What are those things that you use? So they're called uh, freeline skates or like Korean skates. And the way I would describe it is like you take a ripstick you cut it in half, and so it's basically two plates with wheels, and it's like no bigger than my palm, and there's no strap or anything. You just stand on them. So I do it's that while playing ukulele. It's insane. He like skates and does stuff, and it's not just like in a straight line. Like he's going all over the place playing the ukulele. It is crazy, you guys. So whenever you see a guy like going around on skates and ukulele, it is Paul. Go say hi to him. It's incredible. But I want you to share some other. So those are two obvious talents that you have. And you've been doing those for a while. Like I remember in high school, you would play the ukulele and whatnot. But I want you to share another talent that you've discovered and developed. Just kind of share what it is and then how you've come through the process of learning that you have this talent and digging into it. Maybe a talent, maybe a soft skill that I've learned, and maybe not. I haven't been so, so great with this podcast because I'm sharing my story. Is just the power uh, of listening and empathizing. And I've I've had some experiences where somebody's going through a hard time or they're trying to explain something, and I I heard this quote like everybody has the answers to their own problems or the solutions to their own problems. It's just a means of bringing them out. And so by listening and empathizing with other people, um, it gives them a way to be more open and you just need to facilitate the conversation and have them open up. And I think that's how I've been able to connect with people on a deeper level. This is what I see in you. I really feel like this is one of your key factors that would made you the right candidate for BYU president because you, when you were campaigning, I saw you among the people and you weren't like sharing necessarily your story. You were among them listening. And this actually, it just prompted me into one of my favorite stories. I'm a Shakespeare fan. I love Shakespeare. And in one of, in, and I'm a Shakespeare history fan specifically. And one of my favorite stories is Henry it's Henry five and Henry five. He, 
he became king after kind of being this flamboyant teenager, kind of just middling around with the wrong crowd. But he has this turning point where he assumes responsibility and realizes he needs to shape up. And he's one of the most powerful leaders because they were at this battle where they were outnumbered by the French three to one. And his men were losing steam. They were basically giving up saying, we're going to give this up to the French. But he, that night before the battle, got in disguise and just sat among his people and listened in on their conversations. And the next morning he got up and he gave one of the most famous speeches. And it's actually where we have the, the band of brothers idea. A lot of people don't know that came from Shakespeare, but he said, we few, we happy few, we band of brothers. And he could really band these these people together because he listened to them. So I, I go back to that story and I compare you to Henry V because I think you're a leader who who, not that you were disguised, you were yourself, because that's important to be yourself. But I felt like when you were campaigning, and now you go among the people not to necessarily drive an agenda, but to sit and listen. And that is such a cool and powerful skill. And maybe the best leaders and a quality of the best leaders is listening. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think a lot of us are just, especially in our generation, our attention span is like very short. We have TikTok and Instagram and we just like always have an, it's like when I went to New York, people are like A to B, don't have time to talk. They're super busy. And sometimes when you like, you know, smell the roses and enjoy life and just take it slow and try to understand people. I think that's when like uh, the miracles and connections really occur. And like going back to the campaigning, like, it also had that mindset, like, I really didn't care what the end result was. Like, I really, honestly, I really didn't want to be president because I didn't uh, feel like I was up to the up to par with the qualifications. But I remember, like, mid-December, it was snowing, super cold. And I think, I don't know what happened. I got hot chocolate, like, maybe four or five. And, and there was, we each have a booth on campus, various locations. And I just skated around to the other, my competitors, and just gave out hot chocolate to them. And I just left my booth completely. And I do that a couple of times, just like, and I remember one time, like, or a couple of times, actually, I would stand, like, I say my competitors, we were just like friends running towards single. Uh, I just like pretended to be a volunteer and handed out flyers from their booth saying, hey, go vote for like Brandon or Colin or Tag. Just, I, I thought it was hilarious, you know? So that's like my mind, just having fun in the moment, not stressing too much. Paul, I love this. I had no idea you did that. I love your perspective on competition because you have really pulled it out. Because I think at any point in time of our life, we're either going to sign ourselves up for a competition or you're applying for a job and it's competitive. But you've brought this down to say, you know what? I'm just competing against myself. It's me against me. In the long run, my purpose is to grow. I love how you went and you just went from booth to booth making them making friends out of this and then you were even supporting and encouraging them along the way because I feel like we miss that a lot in life I think our our society has kind of moved to once we're competitive against each other it kind of gets a little bit tight through but you've chosen to see it you know what a competition is me against me and so no matter the result I can reach out to others I I think that is so refreshing to have your perspective on that and to see that what you did and I'm sure when you won, I'm sure these people turned around and were like, yeah, Paul, he's awesome. Because you you chose to view this as a camaraderie rather than a competition. And I, 
I didn't know that's what you did. And I think <laughs> that's so cool, Paul. That is just so cool. Thank you. Yeah, just I had fun, you know, and I, I realized when I'm happy and doing fun things, uh, I'm very I'm more productive. And like I did that doing summer sales, you knock on doors. It's very depressing and facing rejection by yourself. And I was very unconventional as far as like I brought my skates and I played the ukulele sometimes. And then I realized when I could skate down these roads, that's when I could sell. And when I didn't bring those skates and try to knock door to door, people could see my emotions and like I had a hard time selling. So, you know, just when you're faced with like a career or like a task, just do it the way you would do it. Don't worry about like how everybody else is doing it. So that's why I really like to break the mold and do my, my own way. Paul, I think I feel like this is, that is such an overarching theme of this conversation that I just want to reiterate before we start wrapping up is I just feel like you are an example. And I feel like if anyone needs a, a little sign today, here it is of bring yourself to the table rather than trying to fit the mold. Um, because yeah. whether you got the right, whether you got the role of the president, whether you got the job, whether you're applying it, they chose you for who you are, for your talents, and not necessarily for the way that you can mold into the perfect shape. Because there is no like perfect BYU president. Yeah. There's no perfect person who can do the job. And they're looking for a, a person who can bring their best self to the table. So I love how you have had the courage consistently to say, hey, these are things that bring me joy. These are things that I, I'm good at. They might be a little bit unconventional, but I can, if I bring them to the table, I will make this job better. I will make this presidency better. So I think you're an example. And I hope people listening today can just recognize that and just have the courage to say, hey, you know what? You have strengths and you have talents that might be outside of the box of your job or whatever, but they are going to make your community more diverse and they're going to make it a better place. So I hope people listening today can have the courage to go on and take their talents to, to build their communities. That's, that's what we want to do. And as we wrap up, Paul, I want to ask you the question that we always ask at the end of our podcast. And that is, if you had one piece of advice for your younger self to give you more confidence, what would that be? Um, I was thinking about this earlier and I think the one seeing who I was before and like I had zero self-confidence and like zero self-worth till now. Um, I just say like perseverance. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us, Paul. We have gleaned things from your story and I, I am coming out a better person and more confident to uh -huh. share my skills to build this community. So thank you for being on here today. It was a pleasure. I'm actually really glad to share my story. And if there's any of the viewers want to connect with me or whatever, I'd be more than happy to like connect with them. So yeah, thank Paul, you for where can me. they find you? Where can they connect with you? Uh, on it, like my I can get my Instagram is Latter Day Hindu. <laughs> uh, they can reach out to me there, or yeah, usually that's the best way to reach out to me. Perfect. So go to at Latter Day Hindu to go find Paul and reach out with him, connect with him, share your success stories of, of finding your talent and putting it in your community. I'm sure Paul would love to hear them. Yep, absolutely. So, and thank you again for having me. Absolutely. 
I think a lot of times the feeling of fear comes from a lack of control in our lives. And our sponsor, PowerPay, is offering a money master course that's normally $40 for free to all Full Confidence Ahead podcast listeners so you can take control of your finances this year. The course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. So to claim your course, go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Pal, which is K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N-P-O-W-E-L-L, and it'll automatically add the money master course to your cart and you just click checkout and you'll get it for free. You can also access your course by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the money master course under the finance category, then using the code KATIEANN, K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N, with no spaces, to claim your $40 discount and free course at checkout. So let's master our money together. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.